0: Welcome to the Health and Wealth Power Hour. The podcast provides you with the knowledge and insights you need to achieve physical, mental, and financial well-being. I'm your host, Arlen Pickett, a business consultant who's passionate about helping people achieve a more balanced and healthier life. Each week we'll deep dive into topics related to health and wealth, including retirement income planning, innovative healthcare solutions alternative funded health plans, and specific actions individuals and business owners can take to gain control of their finances, have access to affordable quality health care, and achieve peace of mind. We'll also be joined by innovative experts who will share their knowledge and insights on prevalent topics. So, whether you're looking to grow your wealth or improve your health, you've come to the right place. Get ready to be informed, inspired, and empowered. Let's get started. All right, welcome aboard Health and Well Power Hour. Thank you so much for joining with us today. Hope you are having a blessed Thursday. Still got this uh, lingering cooler weather, I guess you can say. Uh, certainly a lot better than the 100-degree temperatures we were looking at about a month ago every single day. It has uh, got a lot of great information for you today. There is a, a really, really cool guest that has had a lifetime of experiences that she's going to share with us and uh, what she's really working on now is uh, certainly near and dear to our heart at Eagle Care. It is something that we are so certainly uh, behind. As I've told you guys a lot of times, You know, one of the things that we have uh, added into our products uh, set lately is the financial wellness side. That, of course, is a part of the financial education that so many people are missing these days. And to talk about the importance of that today, we will have a guest here in just a little while uh, to talk about that. Uh, first of all, uh, we are getting close to open enrollment, right? Uh, everyone knows that. you got uh, open enrollment, whether it's through work. A lot of times you're going to have it at the end of the year. In fact, most employers have it near the end of the year. So everyone has uh, their annual deductible and everything based on the year instead of uh, in the middle of the year. I, myself, well, wish employers would do do it more so in the middle of the year. It certainly Uh, or you're able to, as a broker, give them a lot more attention uh, because you don't have so many groups that you're working with at the same time. But whatever works for them, that's uh, what we'll always do. Uh, But the numbers that have come out here recently on just talking about what the cost, uh, the average cost of health insurance is right now are just ridiculous. Uh, What we're seeing right now as the cost, the average cost of health insurance. Uh, let, let's go by ages first. So the, the average 18-year-old, if they're paying for their own insurance, is going to pay about $324 a month. A 26-year-old, about $372 a month, 40, 477 a month, a 50-year-old, 642 a month, and a 60-year-old individual, a startling $970 a month to have coverage and we're not talking about high-end insurance plans either. We're talking about just having a coverage for yourself. Uh, when you start looking at families, it's it's ridiculous also. Uh, c- uh, just a couple, two 40-year-olds with uh or just that couple. Let's not even talk about kids yet. You got a family. It's just you and your spouse, both of you are 40 years old, $954. Add in a child it jumps up to $1230. And in another child, 1506, and a third child, 1782. Those numbers are ridiculous. That is not affordable. Not affordable. It's not maintainable. And it really goes hand-in-hand with exactly what we're seeing as far as nearly half of working adults are saying that they are not getting the care they need. So, we have a historically high level of people that have insurance coverage, but we still have 46% that say they skipped or delayed care because of the cost of that care. Now, if you're paying that much money for your insurance coverage, you certainly have a hard time paying anything out of pocket then for anything that's going on, anything that's wrong with you, any of the... uh, the situations that you run into, I mean especially when you think about this year, your deductible can be eight thousand seven hundred dollars well if you 're paying a thousand dollars a month, just a thousand dollars a month for your coverage that 's twelve thousand dollars you 've already spent that year, then you'd have to come up with another eighty seven hundred uh, just to have something done uh, it 's absolutely ridiculous, and that is uh, that 's where we find ourselves because so many people. Are having that situation, you know, 42% of the folks that actually did have to go ahead and have something done, you know, let's just say they couldn't avoid it. It's not something they could put off. Uh, you know, 46% they just delayed that care, but 42% went ahead and had whatever done, and those are saying that they're struggling to pay off those medical bills, and those are folks that actually had health insurance. Uh, you know, bankruptcy due to medical bills, is still the number one cause of bankruptcy in the United States. And so we have to start getting better access to affordable care. And there is no doubt that is where we step in with Eagle Care. Uh, You know, know, let's compare a couple of those things, a couple of those costs that we talked about. And so when you look at, let's just look at that 40-year-old, first of all. The cost for a 40-year-old, you know, we talked about, It's $477. Well, that is the average cost on regular traditional health insurance. Okay? A 40-year-old on Eagle Care can get for $200 less. $200 less. So 275, a 40-year-old individual can get their self taken care of and have, in my opinion, obviously, (laughs) superior overall benefits to someone that's paying that 477 for $200 less. The 60-year-old, the 60-year-old paying $970 as an average can pay $320. That is unbelievably, an um, unbelievable amount of savings to receive better benefits. Okay, let's look at a family. We talked a minute ago about what the family, so that that family of five that is paying $1,700 plus, can pay $695 on Eagle Care. And that $695, you would have a maximum out of pocket for your family over a 12 month period of time of $3,000. Not an $8,000 deductible, not even a $5,000 deductible, a maximum out of pocket of $3,000 over a 12 month period of time. These are the differences we're making. And those are not just. A fly by night you have nothing but catastrophic care. Uh, these options include your mental wellness. They, These options I'm actually talking about include uh, $25 pays to go see a doctor. Um, RX benefits, the financial wellness that I touched on uh, quickly earlier. These are your full array of benefits all put into a single health solution to help you better access affordable health care, something you can actually use, not just to have, but something you can actually use. This is what we have put together for you with Eagle Care, because we know the struggles that people are having out there and finding good, affordable health care. Having health insurance does not give that to you. We have solutions. We have options. Uh, go out and check us out at EagleCare.com. I think you'll be surprised at the thought that has gone into all of these options. Uh, We've been very thoughtful in the way that we have looked at these and the benefits that we've included because we listen. That's the difference. We listen. We're not one of your large insurance companies that don't care. We actually listen to our clients and we've listened to the industry and we see what's lacking and we develop and design our plans to be useful all right we are heading to our first break when we come back we're going to hear from lana because she has got some incredible stories to tell you about what her journey's been and how important financial literacy is to your life harlan pickett health and wealth power Hour, be right back and we are back harlan pickett health and wealth power hour thank you for joining with us today We are extremely blessed to have Lana Wimberly Bowman with us today lana had a career as uh, both serving our country and thank you very much for that lana and then moved off to government service for a little while and now she has started her company by the name of generational wealth and wisdom Uh, they serve as a valuable resource to many helping improve people's circumstances through financial literacy programs and helping to train people on how to reach their financial goals lana welcome aboard thank
1: you harlan
0: it is such a joy to get to actually talk to you now. Uh, I didn't get to meet you uh, at the event where we were together, but you got to spend quite a bit of time with my wife. Yes, I did. And yes, she I
1: did.
0: Yeah, she just couldn't stop talking about uh, how impressive your background is and uh, what a wonderful goal that you have now uh, with your new new company and what you're doing. Um, and you're also, of course, involved in the credit union uh, industry as a member of their advisory board of, of a credit union. But tell us a little bit about how your journey got you to where you are today.
1: Sure. So, first of all, um, I, I worked for the, the federal government. I worked for Department of Navy uh, for five years. And uh, I was actually writing software code to have missiles intercept targets. And then they kind of changed our retirement and threw us into the full 1K plan or the Thrift Savings Plan. And I did not come from a background where my family knew anything about investments or even had investments. Uh, but I realized in order for me to retire, I needed to find out more information about what an investment was. And so, of course, we didn't have the Internet back then with all this wonderful information. So I purchased a book called Investing for Dummies, and I read it. <laughs> and um, I started getting an understanding of how stocks work, different stocks. And uh, then I purchased my first townhouse, and I had an opportunity to literally purchase um, stock in my energy company through their dividend reinvestment program. And I thought, this was wonderful. I just read about investing, and I'll just try this out. For $25 a month, that's it. That's all I could afford based on my budget anyway. And so I started investing, and I realized real quickly I was getting dividends, and I was reinvesting my dividends, and all I literally did was open an envelope. And I realized I understand how this works everybody's going to need energy. So I just started continuing to invest for two years to this date. I haven't sold one share of those stocks. Wow. And that's been about 30 years ago. And I realized that's how you make your money work for you. Fast forward. I got involved in an all ladies investment club. I learned even more. I, uh, took all, on all the positions that we had, president, financial partner, portfolio partner, and got more and more involved in analyzing stocks. I started my own family's investment club in 2014. Um, then I had always saved money. I spent money. I invested money, and I gave money. I did it all, right, because that's the person I am. But having my son, Brandon, I realized, I need. Mean, he wanted to, he's the only child. So every Christmas, we would go to my mom's house. And, but I told him, I said, you have to save your money. You have to save your money. So we would start saving our coins. And today, I still have my piggy banks, and I still save coins. Um, and then uh, I realized in 2016 that hmm, maybe I should write a book. So I wrote a book, Brandon and Piggly the Piggy Bank. And it and it helps children and parents um, learn the lessons of how, how to set goals to tell your money where to go you know what to buy when to buy it how much to spend and helps children plan for their monies well the overall objective was not only to help uh, teach children um, that they, they have to work for their money to receive money and but they also to also to help parents realize that this is such an important skill that they don't teach each and every day. And we as parents or grandparents or aunts and uncle can teach these lessons and habits to build generational wealth and wisdom from one generation to the next generation. Uh, with the hope that the parents will help practice these money habits and lessons in their everyday life as they work with their children. And so that's kind of how I got started. And so whenever you,
0: I guess the first thing that happened then, that's kind of interesting, is because of a change in the in retirement plan from work from all those years ago, that prompted you to start becoming financially literate because you didn't know what
1: to make how to make heads or tails of that is that correct That's correct and I knew I wanted to retire one day <laughs> I had a goal to retire when I was eligible to retire that was my goal
0: But you I guess you also understood if you didn't figure out how that worked then that goal was probably not going to be met <laughs> That
1: is correct so <laughs> I understood that I needed to learn I didn't I'm a computer scientist Cybersecurity professional. My minor is math, so I, I, I analyze very well. I know how numbers work, but I took no financial classes. None.
0: So let's talk about that side of it because that is really what you focus on now through your through your financial literacy company. And also through the children's book, right? That's correct. Okay, so let's, let's talk a little bit about some of those fundamental pieces that people have to understand. On the financial literacy side, the fundamentals, because obviously if you're writing a children's book about financial literacy, you're not starting out with uh, the best way to figure out when to buy stocks. You're, you're starting out with some more common basic concepts. And... So talk a little bit about those and I guess how you worked with, with your kids and grandkids to help them understand that.
1: So the first thing is um, asking, just working with the child and asking the child, okay, starting with the coins, you know, this is a penny, this is, I mean, just your basic stuff because we're talking about four, five-year-olds, six-year-olds, Right. Where they just need to know what a dollar looks like, what you know what all the the currency looks like, and then let them know that they have to earn the money. So in the book Brandon and Pigley, each chapter talks about setting goals. well, why do you want this? You know well why do you want to purchase whatever the child wants to purchase in a hurry, right? So right. that's a spending. you want to spend some money, but what's the goal? Why do you want that? And then you have to save some money. Now, save some money for when you want something long-term. What do you want? Maybe we're going on vacation. In my son's instance, we were going on vacation, so that was his savings. Investing, what do you want to be? So sometimes you talk to the child, oh, I want to be a fireman. Well, you're going to have to do this. Or I want to go, you know, whatever they may want to do. But then it's also important to give to give, to give from the heart, to give your time. And so one of the things I try to do is up front when I when I started the children's, but we, I talked about having a grandparent. A grandparent actually gave Brandon his first piggy bank and then defining what those four steps is, investing, saving, giving, and spending. And then from there, we started talking about, you know, so now how why do you have these goals? I want you to think about the goals. Write down your goals and then helping the child. And what I encouraged uh, Brandon to do is call a family meeting. Call a family meeting. What do you want to do? Then now you have to negotiate, right? You have to say, you know, well, okay, these are the chores that you can do to help get money because you have to get money to put in your piggy bank. But then... Um, and then, you, well, what day am I going to get paid? Oh, okay, payday, yes, to put money in your piggy bank. So you're constantly going back to that piggy bank, um, which is a tangible thing a child can hold on to, right? Um, and at the same time, then when they have those moments of, well, I want to buy this. Well, is that part of your goal? You know, So you're constantly taking them back to what they said. And then you're having that conversation of, why? Why do you want to buy this? I thought you said this. Are your priorities changing? So you're constantly kind of talking through them each day, and that's the key, reinforcement each day on those key components. Um, And then as the child grows up, you're constantly talking when you go to the grocery store. Well, you know, there's taxes that you pay on money. How much is that going to cost? You're constantly reinforcing that it costs money. I only have a certain amount of money for groceries. So those types of things that the kid realizes, oh, you've got to go to the grocery store. There's a transaction. There's a money transaction. So when you're dealing with kids, I prefer to deal with cash with children because it's something tangible. They put in their hands, and they realize they get change back. They may have given a dollar, but now they get a dime back. That's a big difference.
0: Yeah, and I think it's very much misunderstood, uh, both the taxes and really just finances in general are misunderstood by so many people today, regardless of their age, but younger folks in particular, because it's just something, I think so many people believe that their finances, especially, you know, parents think their finances should be private information and they don't share it with their kids. Uh, That's very common from... You know, my generation, your generation, uh, right. my parents, uh, that it's 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 personal information you just don't share with other people. And those uh, other people just, <laughs> unfortunately, roll over to your kids, too. Uh, you know, what financial information you might get is, well, we just can't afford that. Not anything more than that, but you can't have that because we can't afford it, or you know the best financial advice ever, right? Well, what do you think? Money grows on trees, <laughs>
1: right? That one is always in my household. <laughs> it was like
0: that,
1: Money right? Grows right. On trees and turn off the lights. Right? Turn, turn turn off the, the, lights. the lights,
0: right? You're killing me, right? I mean, you're you're you're. It, it's shut the door. Are you going to keep going in and out? You know that air conditioner hadn't stopped in days, kind of thing, and that's not really teaching us anything about finances. <laughs> but it's it, it's teaching, I think, the results of of maybe poor management of some ty- of some type. But it's not teaching us really anything about finances. All right, we're going to delve more into this uh, when we come back. But it is time for a break. Harlan Pickett, Health and Wealth Power, be right back. All right, now, hey hey, we are back. Harlan Pickett, Health and Wealth Power. Thanks for joining us on this beautiful Thursday. We have with us today Lana Wimberly Bowman. Uh, She is the author of a children's book called Brandon and Piggly the Piggy Bank, Helping Children Understand Financial Situations. It's a financial literacy book, and she also has a really, really awesome company called Generational Wealth and Wisdom to help families understand how financial literacy can make a difference, not just now in your family, but for generations to come, uh, so that They can really reach their financial goals and have a better life now and in the future. A lot of those same concepts that we believe in at Eagle Care Health Solutions. So one of the things you mentioned earlier, Lana, is Mm -hmm. that you are a computer scientist. Uh, One of the really cool accomplishments that my wife shared with me is you're helping with the build of a pretty major website for the government.
1: So I I did when I worked for the government. I'm now retired. Um, one of the things that, uh, not building, but I worked for the Internal Revenue Service, and I was responsible for security certification of all of our arrest systems. So verifying and validating the security in all of the systems before they went into production. That... Uh...
0: That's obviously a big part. Security, as we know, is a huge deal on really any website, obviously, but you certainly want to make sure that (laughs) everything on a major government website, uh, certainly one uh, dealing with our taxes, is secure and and passes all the tests, as it were. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So tell me about... So working with the IRS and dealing with that, even though you weren't the one collecting taxes or dealing with folks' taxes, how did that experience, if at all, affect your, I guess you, you mentioned earlier how dealing with taxes and understand how that works, even whenever you're looking to buy stuff, how that really is something that you promote in the financial literacy side. Did your experiences working with that organization really help prompt that or did it predate that?
1: No, it, it predated that. Um, the work that I did for the Internal Revenue Service um, literally had nothing to do with my um, passion for financial literacy. Um, nor, um, But when I did work for the Internal Revenue Service, I was also uh, um, a member of uh, Ujamaa Investment Club that was in existence for 28 years. So I was doing kind of dual things um, at the same time. But the whole passion of financial literacy, and I will tell you this, seeing even myself spending a lot of money, even though I saved money, but I spent a lot of money knowing that, oh, my goodness, if I would just set my goals, I set my goals for my house, I set my goals for these things, but every day I didn't have, you know, things set up where, I could have probably done things a little earlier if I would have set goals. But then I thought about it. No one's teaching this in the school. My son didn't learn any of this in school. They talked about nothing about finances. And I thought, wow, we have all this information out here now, but they're still not teaching it. This should be like one of the main curriculums because people were just working and then spending their money with no thought you know, behind how do I teach the next generation? What are the basic stuff? So once again, like I said, I started teaching my son, and then I started helping people at work. You know, do you know about your 401k plan? Do you know, you know, it was just my natural passion. And
0: it's interesting you talk about helping people at work. Uh, Some of the folks that I help out uh, quite often our federal employees uh, very specifically with the postal service. Uh, I'm on an advisory board for an organization called the Federal Employee Service Association that helps individuals understand how a TSP works, how their their FERS annuity uh, works at retirement, how even they may you know benefit from Social Security, the best time to take that things such as that. That's what they work right. on and it Never ceases to amaze me how little people understand about the benefits that they have it It's amazing it really is and I, I think uh what what really prompted you is something that should prompt others, but they almost think that it'll just happen. I, I know that sounds kind of strange, oh, yeah. no,
1: but they, they, right. they think it's going to be magic you're right. right? <laughs> Actually, I'm helping um, through my church because I, I do do financial um, coaching through my church. And um, a, a young lady came, and she, she wants to retire. And I tell them straight up, I said, okay, you have your budget. She says yeah, I have a budget. I said, you need to have a retirement budget. And she was like, huh? I was like, because when you're in retirement, your salary most likely won't be what, what you're getting now. Right. So you need to position yourself to be able to live within your retirement budget. So you've got to set goals to get you there. It's and she thought true. about it. Yeah. And I said, now there's things that you're going to have to pay, and there's things that you could maybe, if you work now, you know, work towards the goal, maybe you could pay off your house before you retire. Maybe you want to pay off your car note before you retire. Because I want you to see what your budget is going to be in retirement because that's reality it
0: is and most people don't look at it that way they they just make some assumptions right well i don't have to drive to work every day so i'll be saving that i don't have to do this or do this so i'll be saving that Uh, but at the end of the day there really is not much difference between what your budget is when you're working and when you're not Uh, because you fill that in with something else.
1: (laughs) Right, and I tell them, I say, it's okay if you work a part-time job as long as you know why you're working your part-time job. What goal is it meeting? Is it going to pay off your house? Is it going to pay off your child's college? You know, why are you doing that? And as long as you know your why, no one else needs to know your why. You have a goal. Work towards the goal. And the same thing with children. In my children's book, they write down their goal. It's not my goal. It's their goal. But you just remind them. Well, wait a minute. You wrote down your goal. You said, is that still something that you want to accomplish? And one of the things I do, re- you know, recommend in the book is have the children call the family meeting. Have them advocate for themselves, their why. And i yeah, also because... do something that's really interesting. As Brandon did his chores, if he did them very well... He was given an incentive dollar, extra dollar, just like the full 1K plan. If you invest 5%, they'll match (laughs) you 5%, right? That's right.
0: That's right. Yeah. So
1: I threw that in there because that's part of how things work in today's world. But now they have that extra dollar and they have to make a decision. Do I put it in my the money for my savings goal, for my giving goal, for my investment goal, or for my spending goal? The way they put that dollar kind of gives you an idea of where your child is at at that moment. You're
0: right. It really does because it, and it helps them really determine their own priorities, right? Because they really started this, you know, as you said, they called this family meeting to say they wanted to earn money because they wanted a certain, whatever it is, fill in the blank. They, you know, using the old term, they wanted this widget, this brand new shiny widget that they just had to have. And so they put a plan in place to be able to get that. And if all of a sudden there's additional incentives, now they have to determine, do I want that shiny widget sooner or do I want something else? Right, their priorities. What, what are your priorities?
1: Uh, and I would highly recommend that families do this as well so they can see you doing the same thing that they're doing. And maybe it's a piggy bank for vacation. No. And they see you doing the same thing yeah. that they're doing. It becomes a habit. It becomes part of their everyday life.
0: And you know, I think that it also by going down that path, instead of them seeing your you always getting that instant gratification, right? Because heck, I'll just put it on this credit card. Instead, they see you saving for something that's what you hope rubs off, right? That's, that's what you want them to see is don't get yourself trapped in that cycle of credit card debt. Uh, buy it when you can afford it after you've saved for
1: it. Correct. And also adding, you know, document, okay? That, you know, I added $2 to our vacation. Where are we at now? Have the child work that with you. And so how much we need to go to the, you know, the the water park, we're going to need $20 each, and it's five of us, that's $100. And so, you know, now they have to think we, we may be at, you know, $90. We can go next week. Anybody want to give towards? You see what I'm saying? So you're constantly reinforcing them to understand. We can go sooner if everybody chips in $2 give two dollars right. so they have to think about do i want to go into my giving portion of my bank because you know and give two dollars so we can do that but that's a decision right and they get into that mode of making a decision about their money when to spend it what to spend it on how much to spend and what's important yeah because it
0: is it's what's important uh, it I think that particular part of it, to me, is what resonates the most. Is because you have them making those decisions, and while yes, I am setting this money aside for this vacation or for this shiny new widget or whatever it is, whenever there is an opportunity or there is, uh, you're presented with the option of accumulating a different uh, additional funds towards that. Is that what you do or do you take that for the, you know, for the now? Uh, yeah, I understand that, but I really right now want this uh, piece of candy. And so I'm going to take that little extra money that I have right now. And instead of putting it towards that, I'm going to make me happy now. And, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with buying that little something that you want for yourself right now. Take, You know, self-care is very important, but it also allows you. To understand the ramifications of that decision right when you look at it and it's not on the paper (laughs) that that extra two dollars or whatever was not on the paper because you chose to spend it on something else
1: right and that's why I promote setting goals for each of those four areas so you can do your self gratification with your spending portion of your bank you can you know save long term for your investment you can Save, you know, a year or two out for that savings, whatever that shiny thing is. But there is a part that you have to give. Yeah. We have to help each other out. Absolutely. And giving shows that you're helping someone else out. But that's all a thought process that a child has to make their decision. And you're teaching them at a young age, make decisions for your money. And that's one of the things that's in my children's book, Brandon and Piggly the Piggy Bank, the first thing Brandon says, Mom, what, what, what do I get to buy? And she says, you have to decide that. Think about writing down your goals for your money. And so he has to go to, he goes to his room and he thinks about what he wants to do.
0: Very, very cool. All right, when we come back, I want to hear a little bit more about your company and how you're helping families. And I also want to hear about the journey of you starting your own family investment group. Harlan Pickett, Health and Wealth Power Be right back. All right, and we are back. Harlan Pickett, Health and Wealth Power Thank you for joining with us today. We are blessed to have Lana Wimberly Bowman with us today. She is the author of the children's book, Brandon and Piggly, The Piggy Bank. She is also the chairman of the Andrews Federal Credit Union Service Quality Advisory Committee. Whew, that's a long title you got there, Lana. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, so one of the things we were talking about before we went to break was really getting kids started young on that financial literacy, but a step that you took once you kind of started down this pathway was getting your family, your extended family involved in an investment, uh, group. Is that, is that what you call, is that, am I using the right term? An investment group? Investment club. Okay. Investment club. All right. So tell me a little bit about what an investment club really is and how you got your family to buy into that.
1: Okay. So, uh, one of the things I did is, um, I have four other, I have four siblings. Okay. Um, and, uh, between the five of us, we have, um, six kids. So, the uh, investment club is Ashley Wembley Investment Club, uh, which is my mother's main, maiden name, Ashley, and my father's name, Wembley. So um, I called a family meeting with my siblings and said, this is what I'd like to do as part of generational wealth and wisdom. Our kids are, I think the, the oldest one was like 18 or maybe, yeah, 18 or 20, so somewhere in in high school and somewhere in college. And I knew they would be coming out going into the workforce and they too will have a full one K or four one B plan. Right. And they knew nothing about stocks because we didn't teach them, um, you know, from that perspective. And so I was like, okay, I, you know, did some with my, my son because I was an investment club and we would talk about stocks and things like that. Um, And so I called a family meeting and I asked my siblings, this is what I want to do. And um, I put together a presentation and I said, "Um, now, this is the catch. The money doesn't belong to us. All the money we either make, invest, goes to our kids to help them start on their generational wealth. We will give them knowledge, wisdom of, you know, how to invest. So they agreed, and we agreed that the kids had to work for their money. That was number one. They had to buy in $100. They had to raise $100 for the initiation, you know, the initial membership fee. We all had to put in $100. They had to work for it. They had to work for their dues. We let them decide. Once again, let them make the decision. So when I had the meeting, I said, you guys decide how much dues do you want to pay every month? So they came up with 15 dollars, well, me and my siblings said whatever they came up with, we would triple it. Okay And so the first thing I did was there's a free, and I don't know the, the website, but there's a free software um, where you can um, set up, you know set up a little game where uh, members of, of your team they go in and they buy stock with fake money. And then I tell them whoever had the highest return at the end of three months would get fifty dollars. Of course, that's fifty dollars towards their initiation fee, their right. membership fee. Right. Right. So, um, so anyway, uh, they were all into it. We would have a meeting every every month to see. And then I had one, um, I had one um, nephew, and I said, Who wants to volunteer to keep track of? who's doing what, and report out. So he was like, I'll, I'll do it, I'll do it. And they were excited. They were excited because they got to pick out their stocks. They got to buy how much what, how much they ever want, wanted to spend. you know, the price was going to be changing. So they kind of got into it. In the end, my niece, my oldest niece won. And um, I said, okay, we're we going to start our family investment club. And it's been wonderful because with young people purchase, I probably wouldn't purchase, but... They're in the notes, (laughs) and I'm not. Um, I wasn't doing any of the social media stuff because of my, you know, I worked for the Internal Revenue Service. I couldn't be on Facebook and all of that stuff. Um, And so that's how I got them in. And I did, you know, training on what is a dividend, everything, how to analyze a stock, how to look at different industries. I started from the beginning. And um, now we meet, I do, I just finished this past week doing our financial report. They get a financial report. Um, I had different siblings take different roles and responsibilities. Um, And then eventually I told them, uh, we will be the board of directors and you guys will run the investment club. Very cool.
0: That, uh, I really like the concept of the buy-in. Because once again, oh, yeah. then, there, then there's some skin in the game, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so tell me a little bit about. You said you they get to choose what you have what what you're actually investing in, right? No, we all
1: do. We all have okay. a
0: say. Okay, so you all have a say in what you're investing in, but so and so I guess then everyone can kind of bring something to the table to discuss those things. Is that correct?
1: That's correct, and uh, if they want to bring something, they have to do their homework,
0: right, okay. Gotcha.
1: Um, they have to do their homework, and then every month, people you know we everyone is assigned stock. so you have to follow your stocks. It's a
0: business right. <laughs> No, no, no. Right. Right. I understand. I mean, you can't say, hey, let's uh, let's buy Amazon and you're the reason why. Well, because it's Amazon. Right. I mean, you can't just that can't be the reason. Right. You got to right. have some you right. got to have a little more information than. well, uh, we're buying it because uh, every week, yeah, Landa, the they're coming not to your be a good, you,
1: at a good price. Right. Maybe yeah, it's too hot. Yeah. You
0: know? Yeah. yeah no, we, that, that's right. That's right. Because what are you going to what are you going to get for that? What are you really? Yeah, I can't even buy one share. (laughs) Right,
1: and and we do keep a a a buy high, buy low, sell high, sell low range.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then you're really looking at stocks that make sense, not something that yeah, everyone wants Tesla, right? But that's not. uh, I mean. (laughs) you're talking about a lot of money now nowadays i mean you obviously if you invested a while back you you did good but um to buy a share of it now it's it's cost prohibitive for most people if they want to get very much of it let's put it that way
1: right and then mergers we talk about mergers and you know new new shows that's coming out or you know um like when i was of course, you know, when when I was much younger investing in stock, I realized real quickly every time Disney came out with a new movie, guess where the characters would go? The little toys would go at McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. And I also realized years ago, every time Amazon came along, it was either FedEx that was delivering <laughs> the package. All right. So... <laughs> sometimes you know one goes hand in hand and so you know and, and you have to get the kids to start like, like I tell my son uh, there's only a couple places you can get gas because we don't own stock in any other companies you got to pay yourself first <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious I, I'm, um, you know there's you know I, I we purchased a certain soda company because they literally had all of the chips associated with the company, Yeah, all the snacks. <laughs> that made sense to me because when I buy this, I'm going to buy the snacks.
0: I'm buying the snacks, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it is interesting how a number of companies, of course, went down that route, uh, you know, that they – they went into something that you wouldn't have thought they'd have been associated with until you sit back and think about it. You're like, okay, I see what they're doing there.
1: (laughs) And then what happens is, guess what happens? They normally do a spinoff because both sides of the company grow so big. Yeah. So now you get shares from the first company, and then you automatically get shares because... He
0: just did a, because of the spinoff off. yeah uh, i've been lucky to have that happen a couple of different times and that's uh i mean that's that's free ones right i mean i know it kind that's of sounds so funny but, but it is it's, it's
1: free that, <laughs> that's so much free money you just you even just love seeing it on your report yeah that was free money <laughs> i
0: i didn't buy it and all of a sudden i got 250 shares or whatever it is is. Yeah. So You're like, this, this is rocking <laughs> well and i so sure appreciate fun. you taking time with us today and I'm sure that you have inspired a number of people to do a better job of educating their kids. And uh, How can they get your book?
1: So my book is actually on Amazon, Brandon and Piggly, the piggy bank book. It's for $9.99. It's a wonderful gift, but I will say this. Um, Help your child make their piggy bank. Don't go out and buy a piggy bank. And if you go to my website, generationalwealthandwisdom.com, you can get a picture of a piggy bank. I have how you can make your own piggy bank with no more than, you know, plastic bottles.
0: Great. Hey, it is time for us to go. I sure appreciate your time. It's been a wonderful and a joy to have you with us today. I look forward to seeing you at some other events. Where I'm sure we'll run into each other. Harlan Bigot, Hell the Wealth Power. We
1: are out.